Alexa, what time is it? It's 6.27pm. And welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Oh, and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. And there we are. I was having a bit of a problem then because the Facebook page doesn't seem to be saying that it's streaming, but Zoom says that it is. Yeah, I, I, well, hopefully somebody will either <laughs> put something in the comments or not because they can't see it. Well, if they, if it's not streaming, they can't put it in the comments. So um, <clears throat> if it isn't working, can, well, can someone message me either way, please? And we're going to carry on regardless because, you know, we... That's, uh, that's the Pompey Politics <laughs> podcast way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whatever might be going wrong in the world, we are just going to charge forward. For yeah, the, we're just going to carry on. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, figure. even if we don't have listeners, we're still going to continue because, you know, it's not you we do this for. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to do this. As I, as I said to Scott Peter Harris in the on our on our page the other day, um, we aim for informed entertainment, but sometimes we stretch both descriptions. Yeah, I'd like to think. There's 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 a chance you'll get both. There's a risk you'll get neither. But mm. um, you pay your money, you take your choice. Yes, indeed, indeed. But okay, so here we are. So what are we doing today, then, Ian? So this week we've got a we've got another guest. We've got Kimberly Barrett. Yep. From um, Keep Milton Green, um, so a prominent local sort of active Facebook group, and we were going to have a. Uh, a general kick around with uh, Kimberly about all things Milton and you know the 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 highs lows and uh, general goodness of running a Facebook group. So uh, yeah, a, a, a relaxed natter I think is is this week's approach. Yes, um, I think that um, that's an interesting way to go. After um, I mean, last week's conversation was uh, was very interesting um and uh quite informative wasn't it we got into we got into housing so now we're going to talk a bit about community yeah no well it's quite often with these things they, you know our our absolute our plans which are always absolutely tight as a drum and thoroughly researched and well put together um are you sure means that often with these <laughs> things really. you know um well so sometimes we just kick off and see where it goes and i think the last the last two weeks have been excellent i think the housing piece last week showed you know very much two sides of a coin and 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 you know gave us some interesting perspective you know the week before our our education piece i was again i'm not blowing smoke up our own existences but i, I think we've done um I think uh, you know, I say we we just sit there and let the experts natter on. So um, no, it's it's going rather nicely. It's go, it's going well. Across. So we're definitely worth the money. <laughs> I think so. Excellent value. <laughs> we're excellent value for money um i have confirmed that we are streaming I've, I've managed to get in there um i don't know what facebook have done with their user interface but it's annoying the hell out of me i'm sorry um i don't have a direct line to mr clegg otherwise i'd, I'd ring him and tell him um but i'm sure he's yeah, not what, used i'm sure he's not used to listening to angry people from from england but there we go um uh so yes so before we get to inviting kimberly to join our little community um, shall we do our normal thing of on this day? Yeah. So what? As we as history stretches behind us, what 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 exciting things occurred on September the thirteenth? thirteenth. September Back the September the thirteenth. So in 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 the history of September's the thirteenth, 
Um, yesterday, as you might say it, one of the things that happened was that the Beatles released yesterday. Yes, and you were you were belting it out as I joined you. And in fact, I we we had a, we had a very brief duet. Um, always fascinates me, the Beatles, Paul McCartney. Thank you for ten years of magic and forty years of abject drivel. But uh, yesterday, no top song. We'll go with that one. Excellent. So slightly further back in time, then. Um, Interesting, um, a resolution to problems at the border, which does ironically have a have a modern day um, uh, modern day angle. Was um, in uh, one twenty two, uh, building begins on Hadrian's Wall in Northern England. Um, uh, so a place where where you know in the years to come there may or may not be a border, or there may be a border, but it's transparent. Border. Or well, I don't think anyone's really talking about building a wall, but. We'll see. You know, um, Boris has come up with crazier ideas, to be fair. Um, 1940, Buckingham Palace is damaged by German bombs. Um, I mean, the number of times a, a German has damaged Buckingham Palace, it depends on, I guess, how drunk a member of the royal family was. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> Gone all anti-royalist. <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry. Just these are, these are, these are, I'm here all week. I'm here all week. Uh, 1969, Scooby-Doo, where are you? is um debuts by from um hannah barbera on cbs in the united states of america so oh, how good was that as oh, a oh, 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 oh. so who knew that a talking dog and a man that obviously does a lot of marijuana could become household names and celebrated by children across the planet who knew yeah, no, i thought it was loved it loved it up until the point they messed about with it they messed there was about. Never any excuse with Scrappy Doo, was there? Oh, oh dear! You didn't like Scrappy Doo. Is that kind of like as bad with Godzilla when they when they brought in Godzuki and that was like that was just that's just yeah. a kind of like a, yeah. it's a kids it's a cartoon. The kids are going to watch it anyway. Um, okay, so before we talk about the schmoo, the new schmoo. Um, so 2017, Martin Shkreli's bail was was revoked after he judge after. He was judged a risk to community for posting a £5,000 bounty for a strand of Hillary Clinton's hair. God. Um, so, oh, America, America. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, not, it's not getting much better, is it? Oh. I was listening to The Economist in the week, which is a podcast that's nearly as good as ours. If there was a vaccine available now... Only 61% of Democrats and 37% of Republicans would have the vaccine. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, oh. yeah. Oh, man. That is just really. Yeah. Um, thinking on it, because part of the kind of the whole um, vaccine shebang thing, depending on which parts of the less informed places on the internet you go to and what stream of, sorry, numpty videos you follow on YouTube. Um, I thought out that, hang on, isn't the big hole in this argument about that Bill Gates is trying to convince people to be vaccinated and chipped so that they can be tracked? Yes. It isn't the fundamental problem with that, aside from the fact that, you know, it, you know, governments are just simply that not that efficient and able to keep keep that sort of secret um, long enough. But also, um, well, that's what they want you to think, right? Um, um, you know, 
We're not that yeah. far from the Isle of Wight, I guess. Um, I, I guess um, David Icke can um, can dial in if he wants. So, um, actually, no, please don't. Um, so I wondered that. I mean, let's be honest. Pretty much everything that Microsoft has ever released has required a patch or an update within a year in order to make it work anywhere yeah. near properly. Yeah. So, if if the Gates Foundation were producing chips in order to put them into people, in order to trace them or to control them in some sort of way, you wouldn't actually be able to affect the rollout because you'd have to keep re-injecting people every year because the chips yeah. would be rubbish. Or is that what the five yeah, G is yeah. about to update people? Or, you know, do wireless updates? Is that what it is? Oh that, my god! That is how you are through the looking I've, glass, I've, and that's I've, how it all fits I've, together. I've cracked that particular nut, and not in a painful way. But there we go. No, that no. was that. That conversation served served the purpose of neither informing or entertaining anybody, but it also served the purpose of giving us enough time for Cam, uh, Kimberly to join us in the waiting room, and yes. she is in the waiting room. So shall we? Shall we open our digital door and let her in? Someone's knocking at the door. Oh, no, that's, oh, don't, that's don't. Wings, isn't it? It's no excuse for Wings. Never. Somebody's ringing the bell. Oh, dear God. So do me a favour. Hello, Kimberly. Hello. We we have sight. We're just waiting for the audio to catch up. Um, Shamefully, it does look like no one's actually following us live. Well. That would be a bit of a pain. Hello, Kimberly. Hello. Hello, and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And apologies in advance there, Kimberly, if you had to sit through Simon's wings based in, in person. It is, yeah, there was no excuse for that. First <laughs> time on the podcast, nobody should have been exposed to that. Or, or just Simon <laughs> singing at all. Um, or, you know, although I used to be involved in amateur drama, I never got involved in musicals because, to be quite frank, um, the refunds would have killed any organisation that put on plays that had me singing in them. So um, so there we go. Um, I'm not going to sing for votes because that would just be another way of guaranteeing a Tory victory in Cosham. So, um, <laughs> unfortunately, sorry, you seem to be getting excited there, Ian. Was that, um, was that gesticulations no, of, no, that's no. fine, you can go for that? Okay. Um, yeah, no, I... I think singing Simon Sansbury for Cosham is the. I think it's the way si forward. Hang on, no, no, no. no. Simon Sing should be strolling up, stro strolling up and down the estate, belting out Lib Dem classics. Um, okay, well, I, I mean, to be fair, I don't, I don't have data on whether whether I would get less thing, less horrible things said to me, or less things chucked at me if I sang as I walked around parts of the ward, or just actually knocked on doors. Um, but the people in Cosham are lovely. And um, it's worth speaking to them and listening to them. So, nah. I But don't worry, I'm not going to sing. So, as are the good people of Mil as are the good people of Milton. So, Kimberly, <laughs> to draw the clothes. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on. Nonsense. Would you like to introduce <laughs> yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I. I obviously, probably, hopefully, from what you've seen, I run the Keep Milton Green Facebook group. Um, and yeah, we're almost. I think it's just Thursday, the seventeenth. It's our sixth birthday, apparently. I was told the other day. So, oh wow! Yay! <laughs> Is that? I mean, because community groups tend to um, they take a they take a lot of work. So, how did um, how did it get started? Um, well, I've lived in the area most of my life anyway, and um, apart from when I went to uni, and 
Um, when I moved back into the area, I found out through our local Milton Matters magazine that everyone in Milton gets a couple of times a year that there was a meeting being held because the grounds of St. James's were being sold off. Um, and as a child, you know, I was um, I played there, I walked there. It was something that was open to the community as well as residents um, and patients as well. And the thought of losing that was particularly hard at the time because I was quite heavily pregnant with my second child. Um, so I went to the meeting, heard about the plans and decided that I didn't want to stand for that. I wanted to make noise. And um, with the help of the Milton Forum, I started up the Keep Milton Green group and uh, it's just really grown from strength to strength really. And it's interesting because I was, I was having a quick skim through the group and, and, you know, Simon and I are both part of the sort of Highbury PO6 community group. And I was kind of intrigued where the, where the green element came from. Yeah, we were just, um, the thing that we saw in a lot of the plans was the fact that obviously you have the main hospital building and a few um, outbuildings as well, but the space that residents use was primarily the green space. Mm. Um, now the, the Milton Forum had saved a patch of that land, which is where we have um, Picnic on the Green every year for residents. Um, but it was the thought of losing a lot of that other green space in the area because there's um, in part of the hospital grounds is actually like a, almost like an orchard. It's got apple trees everywhere and things like that. And people go there for picnics. Um, so it's just more the loss of that green space. And in particular, that space, there was a plan at one point to fill it with a car park. Um, so we just wanted to try and protect the area as much as possible. Um, obviously, you know, we do understand that houses need to be built. I live in a rented house myself, so I'd love to own my own house at some point. But we wanted to make sure that we had the best deal as residents who live in the area um, and have our say as well. And, and a lot of the time people don't necessarily feel that they're listened to or that it's a done deal. But the fact that we've set up this group and worked with the Milton Forum and also that we've had the Milton Neighbourhood Planning Forum that's come from that, who is setting up the city's first neighbourhood plan um, for sustainable development. I think that's a really good thing because it shows, we, it means that residents get the chance to have their voice heard, but also it's not necessarily a done deal. Um, a lot of this should have happened sort of five plus years ago and it's still ongoing because residents are getting the chance to have their say and try and make something good happen from all of this. And that's quite interesting, isn't it? You know, so you're coming up for your sixth year anniversary, and and again, off and on, I followed the sort of fate of St James's as a site. Um, there's really a rather nice cricket pitch in there as well. There is, so, yeah. so yeah, so so there's an element of, um, you know, th th there have been various sort of proposals and counter proposals, and so so for those that don't realise, what is the future? the site looking like now uh it's still and um two parts have been sold off already one which has already been developed on the north side of the um, hospital grounds which is the crayfern development and that all the houses are built there phase one is to the right hand side which um was the orchards buildings um, so that's been sold to uh, homes, what's now Homes England, it was the Homes and Community Agency. 
Um, so we've got that. And then the second part is the actual main phase two, which is the main hospital grounds. Um, so it's taken all this time, but it looks like in October or November, those two will come together at a planning committee and will be discussed and decided at that time. So after all these years, it's all coming to the sort of a point within a few weeks of each other or at exactly the same time. So it's definitely going to be very busy, but we're hopeful that, you know, with the amount of objections or comments, whatever way anyone's wanted to have their say. Um, I know that when I spoke to the planning department at one point that they'd had one of the highest amounts of objections or comments on the planning portal, which I'm, I've got to say, I am very proud that people have actually had their say um, and it has helped almost bring up some sort of line to speak to the two different developers that are involved in this it's just really a waiting game now to see what the planning committee say but we're hopeful that we can get something that will benefit the community as a whole to be honest that's my memory of the area and i haven't been there in a while is that is that traffic around there isn't great no. um so you know a, a, another significant residential development yeah. um, potentially going to be a lot more people sat in traffic queues yeah i mean um the amount of homes proposed it would be a big increase in the population of milton um but we've always said that you have the portsmouth plan that's been implemented by the council for many years now and it always talks about infrastructure the infrastructure must be in place um, and that includes the road network um and we've already been told uh, when I was heavily pregnant in the November, uh, I think it was three weeks before I had my second child. Um, I actually stood in the pouring rain for hours doing part of a traffic survey for the area with a number of other residents. And we proved back then in 2014 that junctions were in the area were already at or above capacity. So you think that's almost six years ago. Um, it's coming up to six years. Um, and we've had other developments since then. We've had the Crayfern development. We've got the Kingston uh, prison development. You've got one coming up at some point down at Fort Cumberland as well. Um, and it's just really pushing the point forward because developers tend to get away with a, a lot nowadays that, you know, we, we do have residents that have lived here for a number of years and if the infrastructure, road network, doctors, dentists, all those sort of things, if they're already in trouble then you know you really need to think of things like that and the existing residents before you push on and get a huge development in the area so it's um i mean lots of lots of places in the in the city are kind of being squeezed by the ever um ever ongoing pressure aren't they to to squeeze mm -hmm. in more more and more properties but it's the you know if there aren't roads and doctors and schools um to deal with that it's um you can kind of see why people get a bit concerned about uh, you know the place that they live in being fundamentally changed in that sort of way um so with um with regards to sorry i've been kind of like a little bit distant why i sorted out the te technological issues that were partly created by me messing up the posting that we'd started streaming um so um so you obviously with the running the the facebook group the keep milton green what's what's involved in 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 doing that how you know what sort of work goes into that um, a lot more work than my actual job that I work. <laughs> I wish I got paid for it. That'd be wonderful. But 
Um, yeah, I'm lucky that I've got a team of admin who are very good. But honestly, it's, it's a lot of hard work. So you have to monitor the posts coming in. Um, you do get a lot of reported posts. You get posts from people out the area, spam posts. Um, and then also whatever posts you have coming up, I always like to look through all of them. And if there's any issues um, with residents, things like that, then uh, councillors from the area or, or count there are a lot of councillors across the board, all parties um, from all different parts of Portsmouth on there so that we can let them know if there is a problem there as well that their residents can handle. But it's yeah, it definitely takes a lot of time up even between the three of us. I was going to ask actually how how when you say there's a team how many how many is it because I should imagine it's a never ending never ending task isn't it because we've we've spoken to yeah. moderators of um of other of other groups before and when Ian's not keeping the guys on Portsmouth politics really busy um then um you know I'm I, done I'm I'm done I walk I walk this week. I've taken me to his home, but we can we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I was that, that was just that was just a, a, a mild barb, so I apologise for that. Sorry. So, you, um, yeah. yeah, so there's a there's a there's a team of three of you, and and you kind of collectively wade your way through the. Is it um, is is it a lot of kind of like because I see um I don't know almost kind of tongue in cheek sometimes there'll be posts about oh it's meant to be keep not keep Milton moaning or um is is it kind of is there a large proportion of posts about dog poo and parking? Because they seem to be common factors everywhere else. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a two piece. I mean, us admins, we always have a little bit of a laugh. It's a two piece parking and poo that seems yeah. to be. Luckily, they don't seem to combine too often, because otherwise that would be quite horrifying. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say is, yeah, those two are some really big issues. But that's what the group is about. It's we've developed just from a campaign group to what I would like to call a community campaigning group because we will campaign on local issues coming up whether it's planning applications but also we're there to inform the community about things going on but also if anyone's got a problem like I think um, someone complained about there was an awful poo bin that had completely disintegrated and poo was just falling out, falling out everywhere it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen before and it hit the one of the two peas, poo so <laughs> we got in contact with the council and they came and sorted it out in sort of the space of two, three hours. They were there quite quick. So even though people do moan about it, I think it's good to have a good moan sometimes. We wouldn't be very British if we didn't have a moan about anything <laughs> and everything. And it's a, But what I find, what someone moans about and is, is something that really concerns somebody else. So mm -hmm. something very small can be something very big to someone else and vice versa. So... Yeah, even though we do have a bit of a laugh and joke, it you know it it does seem to be quite serious for a lot of people, and I can understand why. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's an interesting one, Kimberly, because again, when when I look at it, it, it I, I think one of the things with your neighbourhood forums is that you you do quite often get a sort of uncensored vox pop that says, well, you know, it, it's interesting for me on some things which I think, well surely kind of people are going to get that i mean the one that the, the one that gets everybody incensed on the highbury estate is fireworks and people letting off fireworks you know at different times of the year it's an explosive so subject well and i've got the you know i've got a guide dog and two cats who aren't bothered by them but there are a number of residents whose pets are absolutely petrified and it, it's interesting that that then seems to distill into two camps which is the 
well, stop being so bloody miserable. There's only people having a bit of fun, letting off some fireworks too. Yeah, but actually, my dog's terrified, and I shouldn't have to be putting up with this. Do you, do you find you get those sort of polarizing subjects, or is is Milton a more harmonious community than? Uh, I would love to say we were harmonious and it was all daisies and flowers every day. But no, you're, you're very right. Um, the dog does well when the fireworks go off, so I, I could sympathise, but you definitely get sort of like almost two factions at one point where people go one or it's only a park, car parking space if it's about parking it's not the end of the world but it's even though it's not the end of the world it's so it is important to people people don't want to for parking be driving around for ages and looking for a spot with the fireworks you know like you've already mentioned about the it's the animals you know it's it's awful to see an animal in distress with the fireworks but it's one thing that i we try and monitor definitely is the two factions because that's when things can sometimes get quite aggressive or nasty. And that's when us admins feel we do have to wade in and sort of try and calm things down and say everyone's points are definitely valid and equal. But it's what I always believe on. You can have a good debate, but you don't have to get nasty about things. You can hear about both sides, but you don't have to get aggressive. So that's one thing that we all find frustrating as admins, but it's definitely true on our group as well. Yeah. I hope you're taking note there, Simon, about not getting aggressive <laughs> online. I know it's a when, prob problem you struggle with sometimes. Just just take note. That's all I'm saying. He, he's being sarcastic, by the way, listeners. Um I I mean occasionally I've 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 lost I've lost my rag a little bit on online in in some circumstances, but to be fair I've um I'm I'm human. I've gone back and then and, and apologised if I've if I've kind of overstepped. But do you get do you get kind of like how how difficult is it to get people to kind of make that piece? Because disagreeing nicely is, is is the thing that we often we've often talked about on the podcast, um, and uh, it seems to be a, a kind of like a lost skill with regard to social media interactions. Do you uh, how how do you kind of what, how do you manage that? What's because you, you know what, what what's the secret? <laughs> it's I find it really difficult because I'm not I I hate confrontation anyway. I'm I really try and back away from it if possible but it's not possible sometimes on posts like you know that we do have coming up I think the only way you can try and do is try and get everyone to calm down as best as possible but the only thing we can do if it does get really aggressive is to shut the thread down let people calm down and then reopen it at some point if we need to but that's what we found where our numbers have increased quite greatly that's what we found really to be honest is that that's the best thing to do to calm try and calm the situation it doesn't work shut the thread down and speak to people as well who were involved in that that doesn't always work either to be brutally honest because when someone's really up about a point in general we've i think we work quite well between us team of admin sorting it out everyone seems to be quite calm between us and uh, to be honest, I'm, I, I'm pleased that I think in the six years we've only ever taken off, I think, five people from the group. Um, wow. So it's never got to a situation really by those five times that we've had to go, no, that is completely out of order or there's been no apology or anything like that. So 
we normally come to some sort of agreement and it's normally an agree to disagree sort of situation but yeah no it's that's the only thing i can say really but if, if anyone else has any sort of tips then i would love to hear them. yeah what is what is the what is the 64 million dollar you know solution to this thing what's the but i, I guess you i mean this is kind of the strange thing isn't it is you know we're quite we're quite used to whether it be in a pub or even at work um having conversations with people that we fundamentally disagree with and you know whether whether you know whether people basically you know are, are, you know kind of hissing at each other or, or whatever it, it invariably doesn't normally kind of come to blows it doesn't normally kind of turn into a um into a massive kind of insult it's just it's a weird thing about how so how in on social media kind of sometimes quite quickly it it turns into a, a into a personal insult rather than you know disagreeing with the you know disagreeing with the point yeah oh no I agree and the thing I find because I, I prefer to talk to people face to face anyway but the thing I always find as well is you could type something in um, in a very innocent way and it comes across very differently and it's people's perspective as well as to how they take that comment and sometimes people you know it could be like I said something completely innocent someone takes offense and then that's it the whole you know you see it all the comments start to appear yeah it just completely and, goes off the rails yeah and I found as well during lockdown where people are more at home and they have more time to be on the internet that you know that has happened a lot more but I can understand the frustration as well hmm. well in in our the other, yeah, in, so oh. the other the other factor in play then I think is that is that you know the, you talk about people hiding behind their keyboards. There is an element of, you know, people are prepared to type things which are much more offensive than they would be prepared to say to somebody's face in real life. It's very true. Yes. Yeah. And we we have found that a couple of times as well on the group. It, it's, it, it's interesting that, you know, some of the people who are perhaps more aggressive, you know, if you meet them in real life, you look at it and think, oh, um, right. Okay. Um, there must be a bit of small dog syndrome going on there somewhere. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, um, in our in our in our chat that that runs along runs alongside our, our broadcast, so Lynn is saying that she she likes to keep Milton Green. Um, there are a few moans, but it's it's very very informative, and that she thinks that Kim, Kimberly that she thinks you got a, the patience of a saint. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you. So, um, I don't think my husband would agree, but well, that's you know. That's a different thing, but you know we're not going there. Yeah, no. but you but you can't mute him for like twelve hours. That's the mm. uh, um you know whether that's a power that you'd want is a different matter entirely. That's mm. that's that's a whole, that's a whole different conversation, and we're going to move swiftly away from that one. <laughs> so the next question was that you or me, Ian? Uh, I don't think we had got that organised. No, <laughs> um, you've, you've got it in front of you. Okay, the, the, the mask of professionalism has slipped once again. Yes, damn it. Um, okay, so it's it's never kind of really surprising um, how many members or how many people that set up community Facebook groups, for example, that then turn out to be um, turn out to be either heavily involved in um, in campaigning with a local political party or actually turn out to be candidates is that is that kind of your experience and and why do you think that is um yeah and no, i think i think a lot of 
groups that you look at probably there is some sort of element behind it um with me i mean probably people know by now i, I am a candidate in this year's local elections for the oh, no. for milton but i know sorry sorry and sorry did you really <laughs> in did you really not know that i didn't know that that was just for comic effect oh okay i was gonna say your research wasn't that lightweight was it i mean come no, on no 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 i don't <laughs> I mean, but if, if it makes you feel any better, though, Ian, um, for I mean, I've only joined the party fairly in the last few years anyway. But before that, I never had a political home. I voted all over the place. I've hands up. I voted Lib Dem. I voted Independent. I voted Tory. For all my sins, I voted Green. I think the only people I honestly haven't voted for in the past is probably Labour and UKIP. But when I started this group, I wasn't really interested in politics at all. I just wanted to get stuff done. But the mm. more I, the more things that were cropping up um, and the more I spoke to people, I realised that I needed to speak to councillors and MPs to get them involved and try and get some sort of help. So I was, at that point, we were only a group of maybe a couple of hundred, um, quite inexperienced at the time. So I reached out to as many people, MPs, um, councillors at the time. And I've got to say, and it's the reason why I have joined, the Lib Dem team were so proactive. They were there every meeting. They answered every phone call, um, which I probably annoyed them to death with, to be honest, because I had a lot of questions. Um, and they were fantastic. And that's, I, like I said, I never really had a political home at that point. So I did sort of lean more towards them. But I had excellent chats and feedback with Flip Drummond when she was the MP. And nowadays, you know, um, because we are definitely a group that's grown, I think all parties, you know, and have come to keep Milton Green. Um, we always try and keep it politically neutral. And I do that the same with myself. I won't ever post anything about me being a candidate on there because people don't want to see that. They're there to, you know try and fight as best as possible and they don't want to have politics thrown at them all over the place with party political messaging so all three of us admins we actually are so my um one of my admin is not linked to any party at all i've got another one who's sort of green party but not actually linked to a party but she leads more green and then there's me but we always make sure we put that at the door because we don't uh, we want our community to be inclusive and we don't want anyone to feel left out so i think that's what we try and do but it doesn't surprise me going back to the question that you do see um sort of candidates or activists come to the forefront from who are leading groups because i think it just happens naturally to be honest because you have to get involved in a way because when you realize that you know there's your bin wasn't collected well that's you know you get in contact with the council or a councillor it gets every little thing that goes on is run by the council and you can get the councillors involved i mean you know if i had a problem with housing at the moment i'll go see darren sanders you know because he's head of housing there's every everything that i look at now i see something to do with politics and i probably annoy my family to death about it all but, I think it's definitely not a surprise and I think it's from whatever you know whatever party they're interested in because it brings you up through the community and you can see exactly what's going on and I think that's the best kind of person to have as a candidate because they know exactly what the issues are in that particular area and I just think it's I think it's a good way to find a candidate for whatever political party. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that kind of makes sense. I guess. I guess what you're saying is that the sorts of people that would become involved in politics are the people that would want to be doing stuff for their community. So they're led by. They. You know. Mm. That's what drives them to it, rather than necessarily yeah. political affiliation. And that's. Um, that's. Um, I, I guess that you know that really kind of makes sense. And it's. And it's. You know. D- you know, groups like Keep Milton Green, that, you know, there's lots of different groups across the city and you see time and again, actually, that the amount of community that's actually in them, there's obviously a huge amount of work that goes into running them quite often, um, you know, quite thankless because, you know, sometimes it, it, it must kind of feel like you're, you know, trying to stem the side of, um, <laughs> stem the side of, of, of certain particular comments, but it's, um, but it does really, it, it's a really good use of of the tool. We quite often talk about how, how negative an impact on our lives social media has but I, I don't know i i find it nice to see that actually there there are these groups that really do have a place in in local communities um yeah. regardless of you know the political affiliations of whoever whoever might run them because you know they they just want their community to be better to be better i guess yeah no and i i completely agree to be honest i think you will definitely find people i mean my family who weren't interested in politics whatsoever they are definitely piping up in a way and having a look around and looking at the various parties across the city to see what they do for them and what they're promising or and I think that's a really good thing the fact that they will look at something and see whether you know they agree with that or that but it's getting them more involved in politics and Mm -hmm. As a side note, I wish they would look at doing more in school and teaching about all the various parties and things like that, because I really think it's an important thing to learn about. Um, and hopefully that would push up, um, you know, people going voting as well, because I think more people need to go and vote. I think that's absolutely spot on, Kimberly. And it's interesting as you've been talking there. What, what I find you know, fascinating in a way is that, you know, ultimately you, you, you've 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 been driven to do something because of a sense of community and a sense of activism, and and a, and a wanting to do the best for your your local community. The interesting part for me about that is that at some point, then ultimately, for you to take that further to be more effective as you know potentially as a local councillor, that's when you've almost you've almost got to choose a side. Um, yeah. Because, you know, if we look at it, there are always independents on the council. Uh, I don't think we've ever elected one as an independent. Um, They tend to get elected under a flag and then change flags to become independent. So I guess it's fascinating there that, you know, almost for you to, to take that community activism further, you have got to pick a political party, even if, like yourself, you choose the wrong one. <laughs> oh, um, that is. wow. Um, so, Ian, are, are, oh, tongue firmly in cheek. Yes, are, aren't you? Um, so, are you are you advocating a party-less political system, or are you advocating a um, a proportional voting system that therefore would mean that people didn't necessarily need to leap into a particular colour of political persuasion in order to have the power to get things done? The partyless system, I think, is 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 the one that's perhaps more interesting to explore because, as we've spoken about many times, there are 
there are what we've described as the tin of beans walls, you know, which is provided the tin of beans has got the right colour rosette on it, it's they're going to get elected. You know, that that's that's the beginning, middle, end. Um, so that, that does kind of worry me to a certain or lesser degree. Um, but there is also the part that, you know, that there is almost that, that good people who want to do good by the community, um, you know, may have to sign up for a, a an orange, a blue or a red shirt that doesn't quite fit because that's the only chance they've got of being able to go and serve the community further. I, I, I guess the parallel would be a franchise model, isn't it? In the sense of if, you, if you're kind of thinking in, you know, in, in retail, for example, you want to run your own, uh, you want to run your own uh, pizza restaurant but you don't want to have to deal with advertising you don't want to have to deal with kind of branding you don't want to have to deal with all of the you know all of the um necessary administrative and and paperwork stuff um but by by running one as a franchise with a you know with a franchise model pizza purveyor there are some available apparently um that um that makes me want a pizza now why did i say pizza why didn't i say something else um but you you kind of sign up uh-huh. to operate under their colours, if you like. Um, even though what you know at the end of the day, even though what you really want to do is is provide really delicious pizzas to your community. Now we're all wanting pizzas, right? So I guess that's um, because campaigning is isn't some you know is actually quite a lot of hard work. You know, um, there's a lot of you need a lot of kind of experience and expertise to get the message out and to communicate with people and to get stuff out to people so I, I think it's quite interesting because it's it's a it's fundamentally why why you know sometimes you know some of the parties are uh, quite broad churches in the sense of not the television program with David Tennant in it and Olivia Coleman I mean as in broad churches not broad church um but that's kind of why people seem to gravitate towards that because in some sort of ways people want to be able to deliver change and therefore congregate around where the centre of power is or where they think that's most likely. Whereas in a, perhaps in different systems, you'd actually cl- more clearly um, not have affiliations like that, but then you would you would policy by policy kind of hassle that out. Um, but, um, you know, perhaps if the Conservative Party stops acting like one party when actually it's really three, then perhaps, you know, things would be different. Well, they've got enough members to be able to separate into three different groups. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I thought that was coming. No, no, we're, 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 there's, there's two of you, there's one of me, and I'm too nice. That's always been my problem. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Yes, well, there, there might be other people on Facebook that might disagree, but that's a different matter entirely. Yeah. You, but you are a nice guy. Um so um yes so uh sorry sorry for that kimberly we kind of like um went off on a you know there was much of a tangent there it was back to geometry class with mr kendall um so um yeah so i guess you know running a group on facebook what what if if facebook you know if if nick clegg rung up rung you up tomorrow and said what power would you want sorry what power would you want to have as an admin on facebook that and we're going to put it into place tomorrow what what would that what would that Facebook superpower be?
use it. I would like, if possible, every time someone typed in a nasty comment, they could see the kind of effect that they would have on that person they're aiming at. Um, like Ian has mentioned before, you know, I've I've seen, I've, well, I've faced it myself, where I've had someone troll me for six months on social media towards uh, when towards the beginning of KMG, and I didn't know who it was, um, and it scared the bejeebus out of me. And in the end, I found out who it was and I see them quite frequently in the street and they wouldn't say boo to a goose. Um, but if the, I wonder whether if they knew the effect that they'd had on me and my family, whether, you know, that would have stopped them from doing it. So I would, yeah, I would love to be able to sort of send some sort of waves out. And if someone was typing something that could be a nasty comment, they could see the kind of effect that they would have before they typed it in and you know maybe that would stop them that's what i would hope for because i think there's so much nastiness in this world um do we really need to add to that um you know with especially well keyboard warrior isn't it you can't see who you're talking to you don't know the effect they have but especially with things how things are at the moment um where people's only outlet sometimes is social media especially older people as well who do have access to the internet and I've seen so many people be so foul to each other and the effect it has afterwards, it's just not good. So I just I just wish people would be more kind and think first before they type sometimes. Hmm. That's a that's a really that's a really good one. I think you're right though, because if, if we were if if we thought about if someone was having an interaction in person, if they're on the, you know, on the bus, in the pub or at or at work, they wouldn't say to someone right in front of them the sorts of things that sometimes you know unfortunately people find too easy to say on Facebook and even if they did they'd instantly yeah. be oh my god I didn't mean it like that I'm so sorry it, you know you'd yeah. get that you'd, you'd read the body language you'd, you'd kind of see it whereas the disconnection the inhumanity of it means mm. that you don't quite see that I like that that's really good mm. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think it's interesting isn't it because one of the things which social media platforms together is people interacting who would never interact usually and I, I'm sure you know within your group in in KMG there are folk who will exchange information and views on a thread who you know would almost just wouldn't talk to each other in the street because of you know the, the perception that we pick up based on, on on what we see from a person so I guess it's that double-edged sword isn't it yeah, it is. I mean, and the boat, it like you said, it's a double-edged sword. You know, it could either be absolutely horrible, but at the same time, I've seen some really wonderful things on the group um, from, you know, us not being just a community campaigning group. We've also found lost animals, which includes ducks and um, all sorts of things wandering around Milton. <laughs> but also it's linked up neighbours. I, I remember, my gran always says to me, oh, I remember back in the day, you know, you never used to lock your door, you knew who all your neighbours were. And she's always quite sad that that's not the case anymore. But um, when I started doing the jumble, we started doing a Milton jumble trail and I set that up and we started doing that. Um, you know, you'll have people in streets coming out and going, oh, I didn't know you lived there and actually sitting and talking to each other and interacting and, you know, being friends and sort of having, uh, I know over lockdown when, is it was it the V-Day, whatever it was, seeing mm. the neighbours come out, link together as sort of obviously social distancing and spend quality time together. So I think that's been a good thing that's come from it. Obviously, like you said, it's definitely a double-edged sword, but 
when there's good from it, there really is good from it as well. Yeah, there's an example I saw on there, um, I think it was late last week, where, you know, somebody had spotted that there was a, there was a, a, a new homeless person that had been, obviously they'd spotted them, I think, in Bransbury Park, and were just reaching out there to, to you know, to, to who are the people that I need to talk to. And, it, you know, it was just a very, you know, it was a very gentle and positive thread where somebody said, well, this is the person that you need to talk to. You know, they then came on and, and said, yeah, we've made contact. And you just think, well, that that for me is 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 the neighbourliness of just looking out for people. It was a year or two ago, there was um, a child who um, got scared and run from home who had additional needs. And um, they the parents have put it on our group saying, if anyone sees him, please, you know, let us know. And I went out to look and it was quite late. And I think it was about nine o'clock. It was winter, so it was quite cold from what I remember. And I went out with um, somebody else to have a look and we were driving around. And I've never seen in my life so many people out with torches um, from, right down from the Hailing Ferry up to Commercial Road. I've never seen so many people calling a child's name, walking around, looking. And they, we, someone did find him and return, he was returned safe and well. But something like that, I've got to say, it did make me tear up because when we talk about communities, you don't, I find you don't find that very much anymore. But that sort of proved to me at that point that we are a strong community group. We may mm. bicker at times, but do you know what? When we need to, we completely come together for the community to help where needs be. And I think things like that just prove that even though you get the bad times on there and the bickering, like I've said, but you know, you do get these good times where it shows what a good community spirit you do have in the area. Yeah. And, and that, I guess that leads us on to our next question. There was a, I, I saw a very interesting piece on the news in uh, breakfast news in the week where they were in, where were they? Berry. Um, and they were talking to they were talking to a lot of the people who were out and about and were in the cafes and and what they found was that the, the vast majority of them were people who would usually commute into central Manchester. Um, mm. So whilst the the you know central Manchester was having a hard time of it, that those little local community you know little bricks of shops and cafes and everything else seemed to be doing better. I mean o over lockdown, what, what have you seen happen in in Milton and are there any positives to come from it? Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, we had a lot of posts during lockdown. Oh, God. Sorry, my husband's setting fire to the house, apparently. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can hear you, but is everybody okay? That's the... Yeah. That's why the husband doesn't cook. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we had a lot of people who were posting who were able to go out and shop, who were saying, look, I can go out and shop, I can go get medicine please comment or just message me if you want to keep it private because we our community in Milton we're mainly made up when I looked at all the statistics because I love stuff like that we are mainly an area full of either young families or um, elderly people and those elderly people um, a good proportion of them um, have some sort of serious health condition so the fact that people were offering to go out and help people whether it was walk a dog 
whether it was shopping, whether it was collecting medication, whether it was um, leaving books outside the house for, um, or I know my parents, they went and um, took jigsaws and books to some of their elderly friends as well, who were completely by themselves, no partner. Um, the fact that the community pulled together when it really needed to was really wonderful to see. And now that we're starting to come out of lockdown hopefully and it's easing up or it was easing up a bit um a lot of our local sort of cafes have opened up and there's always a worry especially with the fact that they haven't had a lot of the finances come in that they would have had over this period mm. that you know you wouldn't get people coming out again you wouldn't get people coming into the building or buying food or or just even walking past but um where i work we've got a cafe connected to um because i work in the community center in milton um mm. the fact that um, and we were broken into as well over lockdown the fact that during lockdown we had people coming and offering to do building work for free or repair the building just to secure it and then the people coming in afterwards to support us it's been amazing and it's just so fantastic to see the members of our community come out again even though they are still very nervous but come and support us put their money into a really local thing going on a local business that will obviously help them where needed as well it's just been really lovely to see and I've seen it across the city to be honest not just our area but the fact that people coming out and supporting their local businesses or community centres or anything really has been great and I just hope it carries on to be honest it is interesting isn't it how the, the 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 world of work is you know they, it, there was a great discussion this morning about you know well what next you know again i i my, my job's home based anyway but i do a lot of traveling and obviously i haven't done any since lately uh, and there's an element of, you know, he, he's very keen to get back because he loves the social dynamic of the office. But they're, that organisation are kind of looking at it and saying, well, why, why would we want to do that? And I think, you know, this is where, you know, that the community dividend that there could be from people, you know, doing more working from home, I think, uh, you know, again, that, that there's a green dividend there and there's, a, you know, there's more of a community yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. And there's a mental health dividend of them not spending so long on trains or in cars and get to spend more time with their families. And, you know, that, I mean, that, yeah. to be honest, that's priceless. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one, that, Simon, because, because again, having worked from, I, I spent my previous, God, 30 odd years of my career working in a factory, so bricks and mortar. You know, and, and for me, it was a, you might not believe it looking at my size, but, you know, lunch with the, the with the you know, group of colleagues and friends that I made was really positive. And I actually found that first year of working from home, even though I travelled most weeks, that was the hardest adjustment I've ever had to make in my career. Mm. Just because of that, you know, the way it would work is by sort of 20 past eight, there's, there's myself, Millsy the dog and two cats, and that's how it would be till sort of twenty to six, and and that can be a very very long day if if you're just sat hammering at your keyboard. So mm. it's going to be interesting my, to see where it all goes next. I can understand because my husband uh, 
we don't drive so we commute every day on the train to Southampton to work um but he's been working from home um since lockdown uh and obviously it saved us a bit of money and it's made us even more green as a family than we are anyway but yeah he's he wasn't sure whether he wanted to return to work well sorry he did want to return to work because he loves the social side of things as well working Mm. in a shop but at the same time he was leaving at six o'clock in the morning and sometimes not back till nine o'clock at night whereas he finishes at six he logs off his computer and he's got three more hours whether he likes it or not with us um <laughs> than he did before so ideal opportunity to hone his culinary skills yeah i was going to say he's, he's got you know <laughs> you can get him some recipe books to kind of work through um well no that's um there's um there are you know as much as it's kind of like a, a scary time there are at least lots of positives to go around aren't there about how um and and i agree with you i i've seen across the city i've seen this just this community element of how people know who their neighbors are now or um you know know that they you know know where where to where to get help or or know what they can do to to help you know the person that lives kind of five door down five doors down or whatever i just think you know it's it's it well it is it's really good to see that that's at least come out of this awful situation that we've at least got you know, we've at least got that positive to come out of it, which is um, which is good. So um, we're kind of walking yeah, towards yeah, well. the walking towards the door. So um, you've been listening to the, hang on, listen, hang on. You've lashed this up. Yeah, I've done. Oh, did, did, oh. yeah, shut your noise, son. <laughs> Oh, Kimberly, okay. thanks ever so much. It's been a uh, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, final word from yourself in terms of what are your hopes for for keeping Milton Green in the next twelve months? Um, that lots of people listen or come to speak at the planning committee. Make sure their voices are heard, and we'll just carry on doing what we're doing with community events when we're allowed to. And we just hope that you know the community enjoy the group as best as possible, and we'll do what we can to help you. Brilliant. Fantastic. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And our guest has been Kimberly Barrett. And I've been Simon Sansbury, although I'm mildly ashamed to say so.